everyone. You're listening to Axtrack, a podcast committed to examining and providing solutions for safety and occupational health in the workplace. My name is Holly. I'm a registered nurse and the host of Axtrack. Whatever role you play, this show is all about providing you with new knowledge that can take your organization to the next level. All right. Well, today we're actually being joined by Kelly Billings, who is the Occupational Health Program Client Liaison. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. So in regards to what we're going to um, speak about today, I wanted to ask you about some of the FMCSA clearinghouse um, discussions that have been going on. Obviously, we've known that there were some changes that were going to be kind of coming down the pike here Mm -hmm. in the upcoming future, but all of a sudden now it seems like it's snuck up on us (laughs) and everybody else. And so we wanted to kind of get some insight there in terms of what this actually means, what clients should be looking for, what this going to mean for the driver, et cetera. Yes. Yeah, great. So maybe we can start at the very beginning then. Can you kind of tell us and tell the audience what then exactly is a drug and alcohol clearinghouse? So for this in particular, this is for FMCSA, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, and it's a database that is going to help to improve safety, and it's going to assist the employers and law enforcement and even the FMCSA to kind of quickly identify a driver who maybe is not operating legally. Um, And that's because of something that had happened in their drug and alcohol program, some type of violation. Um, So just kind of just helping take some necessary steps to make sure that the person is then safe to drive again or um, perform any other safety sensitive kind of duties. Great. And I understand that this is actually going to be a change that goes into effect in January of 2020. Is that correct? Correct. Um, January 6th, 2020. uh, But starting any time now is when registration will begin. Um, Unfortunately, there's still not a hard set date as to when the registration is going to begin. It's just fall of 2020. Um, I've got myself and anybody can actually go on the Clearinghouse website and be set up for an alert for whenever um, the registration actually does open. Okay. So kind of looking at it from from a broader view, what specifically, how is this going to impact the employers? So it's going to have things like violations, um, refusals, things like that whenever a driver does have anything that has come up on a drug or alcoholic test. Um, It's going to help with the return to duty process, which is part of what happens whenever someone is part of a DOT program and there is some type of uh, violation or some type of hit or a refusal even on their record. And it will be open for multiple users, the employer themselves, the driver, um, medical review officers, substance abuse professionals, um, consortiums, third-party administrators, everyone will be available to be able to go in and look at these records. It's going to be able to, again, have whatever those violations are, but then also we'll be able to pull a query of any violations, which it's it's part of what is required whenever it, on a pre-employment basis um, so that from the past three years, a new employer can look at any violations that maybe have happened on that driver's uh, CDL record. Wow. Okay. And so will the driver actually have access to their own record? They do. They will have access to their own records. Which would show what kind of information can they get from that? They're going to be able to see um, a list of any violations if they had any. Uh, If they don't have any violations, then they won't even be on the website. They can still register, but it wouldn't be necessary. Um, But it's mainly going to be um, any list of violations if they happen to have any. Great. Okay. So tell us, maybe kind of taking it from the top then. So Mm -hmm. whenever you have a new employee that would then be hired in, that's going to say maybe be a driver. Mm -hmm. So how will this impact 
your initial hiring process and bringing them in and the testing and, and everything throughout their employment cycles. Perfect. So currently, there is a query that has to be pulled that looks at the past three years of their driving record. So what's going to happen now is that query will be able to be done from the website. Unfortunately, that really won't begin until January of 2023 because three years of records have to be built up. So they'll still have to kind of do a paper form of the past three years um, of their driving record. Um, but then after that, starting 2023, we'll be able to pull it straight from the website. So that's usually on the pre-hire basis. And then from that point on, if there is any type of, of violation that's reported because of a drug and alcohol violation, then those will also be able to be reported to this website. And any potential employer um, could possibly go in and pull that record. And then for safety reasons, in the event of, you know, say there is a motor vehicle accident or something on the scene, that even law enforcement will be able to pull some of those records. So all of those things will be available um, for anybody who is legal to operate a, a commercial motor vehicle. Now, when you say violation that they can pull from there, what type of violations would you be referring to? To drug and alcohol specifically, any time that there was um, a non-negative reported. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And so then after they're able to get that information, then how long will they keep those in the record? So if you had like maybe a, a positive drug test or non-negative, as you guys refer to them as, how long will that stay in the record? It'll stay in for five years, or if it was cleared up whenever it's found that there actually was no violation or if something just needed to be clarified with the MRO, um, but it'll stay in there for five years. And so what if by chance that there was an error that was made in the record that was being kept, how would someone go about getting that changed? So those will automatically, as part of the review process with the MRO, that's when that part will be handled, is it'll be then pulled from the record because even MROs will actually have access, uh, their own access to the clearinghouse. And so they can just access the information then, like they would have maybe like an, a 1-800 number that they could call as well? I believe it's going to all be online. Um, and you can actually choose how you want your information to kind of go back and forth. If you would like regular mail, email, phone call, you'll be able to uh, choose your own option. Okay. And so now is this um, going to be, does this apply for the, for the Privacy Act requirements? How will that play into this? It does. Yes. The Privacy Act will be taken into consideration and taken into account because there is going to be personal information on there. This isn't going to be something that's just open for anyone to be able to access. You do have to be registered on the website to be able to actually look at any records. Okay. All right. And is this just going to be for the United States or will this be for those uh, like Canadian and, and uh, Mexican drivers as well that are going to be operating in the United States? So if they are operating in the U.S., then there is going to be options to be able to add those records as well. Okay. All right. And what about social security numbers? Are those going to be required for Social security numbers are probably not going to be required. Those are definitely something that anymore, I don't like personally seeing those used. Um, so they're gonna use other types of um, identifiers other than a social security number. So that way those are not gonna be violated. Okay. One last question then that, that, that um, I had was in regards to um, if someone refuses to test, how is mm -hmm. that going to count? Um, will that actually show up as a non-negative or, or how will that? So it'll come up as a refusal and that's how it will actually be um, documented is as a refusal. 
So they, there was nothing to test, so it couldn't be tested as a positive or negative or non-negative. Um, so it actually is documented as a refusal. Okay. So in terms of uh, preparing for this and getting ready, um, what does the employer specifically need to do at this point? So right now, because registration isn't open, I would say go to the Clearinghouse website. It's clearinghouse.fmcsa.dot.dot.dot.gov, and there is there is tons of useful information on there. There's a countless Q and A if there's any questions that anyone has um, in particular that we didn't address today. Um, you can sign up, like I mentioned earlier, to actually receive a notification once the registration does open and be able to um, start getting an, at least an idea of more in-depth step-by-step how what's going to be taken once the clearinghouse actually does become live. Because starting January 6th, you're not going to have an option. You have to use the website. Sure. Right. Is there anything that we haven't asked you specifically to some of these changes that are going to be rolled out that, that others would need to be aware of? I don't think so. I think we covered quite a bit today. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, that sounds great. What we will do is maybe if there's any updates or, or um, things that come down the pike in between now and whenever it's officially rolled out, then obviously we'll get you guys that information. But otherwise, Kelly, I appreciate your, your time and also giving us your expertise regarding the subject matter. Thank you. Appreciate it. If you'd like to improve your own occupational health program, we invite you to contact Axiom Medical at 877-502-9466 or visit our website, axiomllc.com.